Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today here in the studio, my guest is from St. Petersburg, Florida, and is the founder of Universal Music Day and its accompanying festival. She also put out a book called ABZs of Musical Instruments. She also has a personal story to share about claiming her singing voice. We are also going to speak with her about an Oprah Winfrey event that she attended. Plus, she's going to tell us about the Hope Whisperer. It's my pleasure to welcome Susan Golden. Well, Bruce, thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. Susan, thank you, and uh, appreciate you coming to the studio to be on Now Hear This Entertainment. That's a great title. I love your podcast. (laughs) Thank you very much. As the listeners can tell from that introduction, we've got a lot of ground to cover today. I want to start by reminding the listeners about both episode 25 of this show with the Redheads and also all the way back to episode 5 with Kate Callahan. On episode 25, Brooke Dodgen talked about being trampled by her horse. And on episode 5, Kate Callahan talked about being in a horrific skiing accident and the impact that that had on her in terms of doing music. And so, Susan, you were in a bad car accident many years ago. Tell the listeners about that as it relates to the expression you use that I referenced in the introduction, claiming your singing voice. Well, that's great. Actually, I claimed my voice right before that, but it took two months of fighting with a flyer before I was really comfortable going to a workshop and having two days with an amazing woman, Susan Osborne, and I came home and joined our choir. The accident came in June, a few months later, And it actually didn't look like a horrific collision. That was the part that was so hard for Mm. me and other people. It looked like a little fender bender. And so when you have a fender bender and all of a sudden you can't be a skier, a kayaker, a home renovator, an auto mechanic, and an Amazonian woman, (laughs) and you have trouble lifting a small bottle of water, Mm. it's really devastating and crazy making and people kind of look at you like oh get over it there are people that are really hurt have to be cut out of a car and you know the car's on fire and those things are horrific and sometimes people i know somebody that rolled over three times and got out and walked away and never Mm. had a problem so you can't judge these things by the way they look and um the good thing for me at the, you know, I had planned to go kayaking and biking through Europe after that, and that was totally out of the question. But I had been getting catalogs from Omega Institute in upstate New York. And as I read through that, David Darling was, with Music for People, was inviting us to claim the musician within. 
And I thought, well, that sounds interesting. And I just did the singing thing. So what could the music be like? And I'm telling you, between Susan Osborne and David Darling, my life has never been the same. That was fabulous. Yeah, I want to explain to the listeners that what you're referring to is that prior to your work with her, you, in fact, thought that you were tone deaf. Yes, thank so, you, Bruce. So this was a revelation that you oh. were able to claim your singing voice, and then how anticlimactic to have this major breakthrough and all of a sudden be in a car accident. Right. <laughs> and, oh, my God, that was so fortunate that I had that. Because all my stress relievers, you know, I couldn't even walk the dog and things that I did every day. And so all, my, all the doors to my stress relievers were slammed shut except that this window of opportunity of claiming my voice was there. And I never realized growing up how incredibly physical music making is and singing. And so you see people dragging into choir or chorale or whatever and make music for a couple hours and just bounce out of there and you know, and or their spirits are lifted and their tiredness is gone. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful activity to um, build your confidence, uh, strengthen your immune system, have more fun in your life, heal from all kinds of things, release anxiety and emotions, and really give you a great companion, whether anybody's there or not. Well... I, I have a follow-up question that I'm tempted to ask you, but I think I know what the answer is. So let me first instead ask you what was going to be my next question, because I think this will answer that. Um, because you, you're you're really big on the healing properties of music, and we've talked about this a great number of times on this show. Most notably, in my opinion, the amazing story on episode 34 with Canadian singer-songwriter Roxana and the way her singing healed a patient when she was a nurse in a hospital and led to her pursuing music as a full-time career. So give our listeners your perspective because even all the way back on episode 8 with Dominic Pages, he said that in the studio environment, he essentially is recording vibrations. Yeah, actually, wow, you've covered a lot of ground there. <laughs> the first thing that was stimulated as you began speaking was the organization Music for Healing and Transition. And I did their program and did an internship in hospice, as you're talking about, you know, healing, the healing properties. And you'd go in the room sometimes and people would be in the fetal position and their shoulders would be up at their ears and their hands were clasped tight. Mm. And you'd start making music, and little by little, you saw each part of the body relax. Mm. And sometimes, by the time I left, they would be sleeping, which was a good thing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> when you're entertaining, you might not want people to go to sleep. But for music for healing and transition, that's really wonderful, because it puts the person at ease and puts them at peace and lets them know they're going to be okay. And so that was an amazing experience. In fact, one of David Darling's instruments is a bunt pan, just your average kitchen bunt pan. Uh -huh. And striking that with a drumstick, and usually a padded one works best, and you just tap that. And the vibration for that thing mm. goes on like a singing bowl, and it just goes on and on and on and on. And I walked in one day, and this poor nurse was just exhausted. You could see it in every you know every move she made. And I said, "Have you been bunted yet today?" 
Excuse me. And she said, what? <laughs> I said, well, let me show you. So I took the bun pan and I kind of went all around her like the Native Americans do with rattles or sage uh-huh. or something. And by the end of that, she was saying, oh, my God, that's so great. And this little lady was sitting in the hallway in her wheelchair and one of the patients. And she said, oh, honey, could you bunt me, please? <laughs> so it's a whole new career. <laughs> well, because, you know, so so to, to end the suspense, what my follow-up question was going to be before, and I instead ended up going through with that one, and, and maybe it's a trade secret or maybe it's something that you're not at liberty to disclose, I'm not sure, but what I was getting at was, I think you said her name was Susan Osborne. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so I was going to say, what happens, and, and I thought you were going to talk about vibrations, and that's why I went through with that with that question, but I was going to say, what happens that an individual, we're talking about yourself, is at a point in their life where they've convinced themselves that they're tone deaf, and all of a sudden they go work with someone, in this case Susan Osborne, mm-hmm. and the next thing you know, Susan Golden has claimed her singing voice. Well, it really is a magical experience. Susan Osborne has such an amazing presence, and I... I You know, you may need to rein me in from time to time. But when I saw her many years later at a New York hotel ballroom, she was up on the stage with just her guitar. And her energy filled that ballroom. Mm. It was the most stunning thing I've ever witnessed. And when you, you know, if you walk into a room and people have been arguing you may not have heard anything, but all of a sudden your body kind of tenses. Yeah, the room just feels heavy. Yeah, yeah, you know? And it's such a different experience. And so with Susan, she, first of all, just has us breathe. And then from breathing, we kind of go to ugly sounds. And then from ugly <laughs> sounds, we just keep extending the sounds and extending it. And you can just make sounds for a whole day. And it's unbelievable. There were about 100 people there, each person doing their own sound, whatever, and sometimes vowel sounds or just sometimes ugly sounds, and getting all those yayas out, just like a singer does before they go on stage. You know, you hear them on stage with this beautiful voice, but if you hear them warming up, it's like, oh my God, what's that? I paid money for this? But um, back to the vibrations, I believe that what Susan does is send out really positive, loving vibrations. And everybody in that room picks up on that. And I just watched the Dead Poets Society again, and where Robin Williams went out in the yard and had the entrainment of the of the young boys walking in unison. Do yeah, you remember yeah, that part? Yeah, yeah. And um, all of a sudden, the boys were all walking at the same cadence and and rhythm and same footwork. And then the people on the sidelines were clapping to it in the same cadence. And it's something about that energy that just really grabs us. But what the listeners need to know, though, is there's, there's an important detail in your story that I think they should hear because you were resistant to going to that Susan Osborne <laughs> event. And, and I hope you can remember the conversation that you and I had uh, when, when we first met and you told me this story about the, the excuses, the barriers that you kept putting up because you didn't want to go because you were convinced that, no, I'm tone deaf, so I'm right. not going to go to this thing. So, so please, so, they can, so my listeners can hear it in sure. your own words. Well, I would think resistance under... <laughs> 
understates the situation, okay? <laughs> I got this flyer in February. The workshop wasn't until April. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I threw the flyer away. Oh, my goodness. And it was like, I'm not going to that workshop. And then somehow, I don't know how, I'm the only one living in the house, but that flyer got back into my pocketbook. Whoa. And every time I opened my pocketbook, I would get like mad at that flyer because it was calling me forward. And it's sure. like, no, that's scary. I don't want to. I didn't even know I was scared. Okay. Okay. So the day before the workshop, I called Johns Hopkins University and I said, um, it's too late. That's, that's where it was going to be held. Right. Okay. Yes. Thank you. It's too late to come to that workshop, right? I lived in Maryland at the time. And they said, oh, no, come on over. It's, it'll be fine. I can register you right now. No, 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 I can't register. I'm not sure what I'm doing tomorrow. It's too far away. Uh-huh. And they said, listen, if you feel like coming, come on over. And I hung up, and it was like, oh, God, I thought I was going to be off the hook. Okay. But I said, okay, if I wake up without my alarm clock, I'll go. <laughs> Okay, of course I did, because I really (laughs) deep down wanted to go. And okay, I'll get dressed, but I don't have to go. I'll go, but I don't have to go in. I'll go in, but I don't have to stay. So when you talk about resistance, I mean, that was major. Amazing. And then I went in, and she had all these CDs out there, and I thought, ooh, well, that's kind of impressive. And this was before people were just kind of making all their own CDs. You know, this Mm -hmm. was a much you know, uh, more limited time, restricted mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. for that kind of personal work. And I went in the room, and there were about 100 people in there. And they were opera singers, rock stars, jazz singers. They were tone deaf like me, but they, there were some that were professional singers and musicians. And I thought, oh, wow, I have hit the lottery <laughs> Pay attention here. Just sit down and do what you're told. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I can't say enough about Susan Osborne and David Darling and Issa Barnwell of Sweet Honey in the Rock. I mean, these are just ama- and Michelle George in Canada. These are just amazing humanitarians that put their heart and soul into having people claim their music. And when I say claim their music, that means that, you know, you you just embrace it and you want to be a part of that scene. And it doesn't mean necessarily performing. I mean, sometimes I just sing in my car or I play an udu drum at home or, you know, whatever I feel like. But it's, it's that connection to that music and that instrument that stimulates your immune system. And when you talked about vibrations, when you're singing or even humming, you're sending energy past your immune system, which is right near your heart. And you're giving every cell of your body a gentle little massage. Mm. And that is enough to help remove stress, to get you in a much better frame of mind, um, you're, you know, provides for contemplation and Amazing. enriches our lives, Amazing. energizes many parts of the brain. In fact, music making is the only thing that stimulates every part of the brain. Wow. Wow. Well, and then amazingly enough, this is someone who went from thinking that they were tone deaf <laughs> to, to, to having this experience to then some years later, uh, because I, I was interested before when you talked about 
um, seniors who would ask you to 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 bunt them, um, and, I'm, and I'm saying the the politically correct word seniors. Thinking of of say an assisted living facility, for example, and where I'm going with this is I mentioned in the intro uh, that that uh, some years later you you put out a book called the ABZs of musical instruments, and it actually says on the on the book cover, children from three to 113 years young. <laughs> I've gotten a little bit of flack for that. People say, no, you've got to be, you've got to have a niche. You've got to, you know, direct it so people know what it is. But, you know, most people let go of their music and their art when they're about eight years old. And so the target market can be great at eight years old. But if somebody is, you know, 70, they're not going to want to look at a book for an eight-year-old. They're going to think, well, that's a baby. In fact, teenagers are worse. Teenagers just say, well, that's a baby book. I don't want to look at that. But what I'm encouraging now is for teenagers to read it to children and to make make music with children because many parents are not reading to their kids and they don't have time to read. And um, these young people can improve their reading skills, improve their their ability and their poise by reading out loud to somebody younger. It builds that connection between those two younger generations. And um, and actually on the website, I encourage fam- parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles to go with the 18-month-old in the kitchen. I think every 18-month-old child finds the pots and pans and loves to make all those sounds. <laughs> and if you let the child... Do the call. If you let the child do the first beats, even if it's and and just like four or five beats, and then you repeat back exactly what the child did, you can learn more about music, mm. and the child is empowered, and they think, "Wow, this giant is interested in what That's I'm saying." That's wow, fascinating! Wow, yeah. and and and, uh, and where can people get the book? Uh, they can get it online, um, FamilyMusicNetwork.net. Or out of my car, or <laughs> Tampa Barnes and Nobles used to carry it. Um, you know. Okay, uh, so ABZs of musical instruments, listeners. Uh, FamilyMusicNetwork.net is right. the address to get that at. So, in the introduction, uh, Susan, I mentioned Universal Music Day. Without getting into the event itself just yet, sure. Talk about the concept of. Universal Music Day itself first? Well, you know, with that experience with Susan Osborne and David Darling and Music for People, my life was so enriched at a really hellish time. The physical parts of the accident were amazingly challenging, and that turned out to be the easy part. The insurance industry and the legal system are not on the side of the person that's injured. And and that's even like you hear it on the road when they say, when the street says, okay, if you have an accident, move your car off the road. It's uh-huh, like, we uh-huh. don't care about you. We've got to get the traffic through here. Yeah, good point. It's a good and analogy. And when you're injured, it's like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? I was not negligent. I was not contributory negligent. In Maryland, if you're 1%, if you're on the road, you're already considered contributory negligent. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Most people don't know that, but this isn't about insurance. <laughs> but the music gave me um, heaven inside of that hell. 
And for the next 18 years, I'm saying, okay, how can I pay this forward? How can I pay it forward? When I got to 2001, I thought, oh, the book. And then I have 10 more books. Um, but I'm really not, haven't been marketing in this as efficiently as I wish I had. And so the other 10 books are written, but the artwork isn't done and they're not published yet. But the book didn't do it. So it's like, okay, what else? How do I pay this forward? Mm-hmm. How do I pay it forward? And in 2007, the day the er- after Earth Day, it was like, oh my God, this is it. Do for music and humanity what Earth Day is doing for the Earth and humanity. And 47 years before that, people didn't hear about, you know, they didn't talk about the Earth or whatever. We just took it for granted. And my experience is people take music for granted. Even musicians often take music for granted because it's what they know. If they started making music at five years old, you know, it's like, a fish in water. A fish doesn't know water, right? It's mm. just what's there. Yeah, yeah. And so, part of this is it has so many, so many um, facets to it. But it's to encourage musicians to really encourage other people to make music and share the gift of that, and not to take it for granted, but really look at what they get out of it, and the benefit to the musician. With that, is that once people claim their music, I mean, to go from tone deaf to creating this global event, or at least (laughs) attempting to claim, do a global event, um, it's not where I'd like it to be. But, you know, that, that expands. You know, this happens for people when they claim their music, because it's like, oh my God, this is so amazing, this is so important. And then we listen to musicians differently. We appreciate, if we try and figure out a chord on a guitar and we have trouble with it for, you know, days or whatever, or weeks or months or years, (laughs) (laughs) then we look at these musicians differently and we say, wow, what did they do? to develop that kind of skill and that kind of talent. Yeah, it gives and, you a greater appreciation. Yeah, and then, you know, that that horrible joke, what's the difference between a musician and a large pizza? <laughs> Which is? Well, a large pizza can feed a family of four. <laughs> you know, and it's it's kind of funny, but unfortunately it's too true. We do not honor our musicians you know, they say, well, you're just here for, you know, a half an hour yeah, or an hour yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But that doesn't take into consideration the hours of preparation yeah. for that gig or the years of preparation to get to that skill level. Yeah, we, w- we won't even get into the whole exposure doesn't pay the bills. Debate. Right. I, I, I do want to, though, while you're talking about Universal Music Day, um, other than it being my sister's birthday and my cousin's <laughs> birthday, is there any significance to October 11th? Well, the significance is the second Saturday of October. I was, we were aiming for, you know, after the kids got back in school and got into a routine, but before the holidays, because so many people have such challenges during the holidays. They're challenged because they're either with their family or they're challenged because they're not with their family. And, you know, the memories and the losses and all kinds of things that seem to really get magnified during the holidays when it's supposed to be such a joyous time. So the idea was that if they begin claiming their music in October and November, by the time December comes, they have this fun outlet and they have a way to connect okay. with people in okay. other ways 
But set the record straight. Is Universal Music Day October 11th, or is Universal Music Day whatever is the second Saturday in October? Correct. The latter. Right. Okay. We we wanted it on a Saturday so that people would be out of school and out of work. Okay. And, um, or many people would. And, you know, so the date changes, but it's been the second now. There, there may be some change in the future, and we can talk about that later. Okay. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today here in the studio is Susan Golden, the founder of Universal Music Day. Visit www.universalmusicday.com, and there are loads of social media links there, too. So engage with them on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and even LinkedIn. And as I mentioned before, she has a book called The ABZs of Musical Instruments, which you can find at www.familymusicnetwork.net. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free, and it makes it very easy to get the show every week. It will just download automatically for you when a new episode comes out. So you don't even have to go looking for it. Feel free to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And please, I very much welcome your feedback about the show, including even some questions you would like to send in to hear asked on future episodes. You can post all of that on the Facebook page that I just mentioned or send an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. So Susan, you got a tremendous endorsement for Universal Music Day in the form of a proclamation from the mayor of St. Petersburg. Talk about how that came about. Yes, we were really thrilled about this. Um, Mayor Rick Reisman is wonderful about having open meetings and inviting the whole community to come down and voice what's going on. And we have a special um, public budget review committee that is... Um, asking for a certain percent of the budget to be used and designated by the members of St. Pete community. And he was quite open to it, and I said, and this is what we'd like, we'd like a proclamation for Universal Music Day, and voila, here it is. And I'm quite proud of it because it acknowledges the people that helped start this because it was a grassroots community of music enthusiasts and Scott, Ellie Speed, Reverend Abhi Janamanchi of UU Clearwater, L.A. Kelly Baker, Robin Hill, Rosie Warburton, who used to have the sound healing in St. Pete. And we were acknowledging the power and importance of music and celebrating our universal language and unifier. And the, you know, there, again, it was for the musicians and teachers and healers. And um, all those people that inspire us and entertain and soothe and heal, I said that twice, enliven <laughs> us, um, Universal Music Day endeavors to bring music making back into the home to keep music in the schools. This is crucial. And in fact, I would go so far as to say when children do not have their music all through schools, it's really criminal. We're ripping them off tremendously because music helps connect the right and left brain, the head to the heart, and our heart to each other's heart. Mm. And from that place, anything is possible. That is just so important. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host 
and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, if it's reasonable, consider doing a site visit in advance when you're playing somewhere for the first time. Don't rely on your hunches or what experience tells you or what pictures on the internet seem to show. The last thing you want is to show up somewhere and be completely thrown off by the parking or the lack thereof, the load-in area or the lack thereof, the size of the stage or the lack thereof, and more. Remember that it'll come through in your live performance if you showed up a little while earlier for the first time and were burdened by hurdles you didn't prepare for. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. Okay, and so tell us now about the actual event itself, the festival that's connected with Universal Music Day. Tell us what what all that entails. Well, each year it's actually been different. And again, the energy comes in. It depends. I love having people on board that love the vision and the mission and really want to want to create something wonderful. I don't want people saying, oh, well, I promise Susan I'll do this, so mm-hmm. I'll do it. No, we want that good energy. So each year it's been different depending on who's there, who's involved. Most of my friends are entrepreneurs, so they've got their own mission and vision. And I'm looking for, and if anybody out there is in this place, looking for people who really want to roll up their sleeves and make this a global event. There's no reason why it can't be. And um, I think I forgot my train of thought here. It's a it's tremendous vision, though, that you have for it. And to, you know, to get it to the point where it is now and then still have such lofty goals is, yeah. is very admirable. I, I, I would like to ask, um, as I did last week on the show with, with Ty Rodriguez, the executive director of the Gasparilla Music Festival, uh, I'll, I'll ask you for the benefit of the listeners that are performers, how can someone get to perform at your event? Well, um, they can help build it. They can help, um, you know, help us connect with the venues that can really celebrate a big event. And if they don't want to do that, they can just create a home concert. They can go out in their yard and make music and bring their neighbors in. They can create a block party. This is just a really free-form kind of thing as a grassroots thing rather than like Gasparilla is, is a beautiful event and well organized and um, that's not where I am at this point I would love to get to that place well but your concept is look today is the second Saturday in October thus it is Universal Music Day so just right. because I'm Susan Golden in St. Petersburg Florida doesn't mean that John Doe or Jane Doe in North Dakota can't do some sort of public performance that day, even if it is just a backyard concert, right? and tell their friends, their relatives, their neighbors, their family, their coworkers, I'm doing this because today is Universal Music Day. Correct. That's exactly it. And we also have created events most of the years or had home concerts the other years. And this year I was especially thrilled because it was really a two-day event with um, the Lou Williams Um, preschoolers we had a hundred preschoolers doing a flash mob (laughs) with itsy bitsy spider (laughs) and that was really great and then jeff had a folks a folk concert at the craftsman house gallery on 29th street and central avenue he has 
uh, folk concert at least once a month. And he does an amazing job. And it's a gorgeous gallery. So that was a lovely event. And then Saturday, we were very fortunate that Bob, Devin Jones, um, encouraged us to come to Studio 620 on First Avenue South. And we had an event there with Ramona Ria, who has a beautiful voice, and she was singing music of Louis Armstrong, and also Susan Osborne's Chain of Life, which I think is such a gorgeous, I'm making my shoulders strong for the young to stand upon, stepping lightly on the backs of those who hold me up. It's a, yeah, and so that message is what we want to get out too because we are so interconnected and we are all one. And we, when we work in cooperation, as musicians do, we enrich our whole community. And it extends so much further than just our little selves. But at the same time, and correct me if I'm wrong in this, because we're also interconnected through the Internet, right. I think that, and I'm asking you for, for verification on this, I think that what you do is there could be a, you know, a sixth grader up in New York State that goes and tells her teacher, hey, Saturday is Universal Music Day. We all need to do insert idea here. Right. And I think what you encourage is film that and then upload the video, whether it's to the Universal Music Day Facebook page or something so that, yes, you, right. hear, you Susan Golden, here in St. Petersburg, Florida, can sit back and say, look, everyone, look, look, Earth, everybody look at, at this website and see what we are all contributing together on Universal Music Day. Right. That is exactly the goal. And some people say, oh, we had this great concert. And I'll say, oh, did you put it? Oh, no, we were just really enjoying the music. And so <laughs> it's, you know, it, I think it looks like less than it has been. And that's okay. You know, I mean, I would like I would like to be more tech savvy. I would like to have the tech team on there or the funds to support that. And that, you know, hopefully will come over time as well. But for right now, it is what it is. And little by little, I mean, I had one person that I talked to this year who's a wonderful musician in another state. And I called him and said, you know, you weren't too enthused about this a few years ago, but times change, people change. What do you think now? And he said, oh, yeah, it's a great idea. And we went on to have this conversation, and he called me back the next day, and he said, thank you. I was planning to commit suicide last night. Wow. So, you know, if that's the only (sighs) thing Universal Music Day has done, has spared this amazing soul and amazing musician and contributor to so much as played at Carnegie Hall and whatever, Mm. if that's the only thing I've done in eight years, and it's not, um, I think that's okay. And how, yeah, and and, uh, listeners, um, do yourself a favor, an equally moving story, it's a terrific story, but there's a story just like that one out there. Go back and listen to episode 41 with C.J. Watson, and he told a very moving story about a similar experience that he had uh, at a festival that he was playing at and and someone that came up to him. And and I'm not going to give the whole thing away. I want you to go and listen to that. It was a terrific interview to begin with. But um, So, yeah, I mean, another example, Mm -hmm. Susan, of the healing properties of of music, so to speak. Before we move on to other business, though, 
Um, talk about the the Universal Music Day that just happened this past October, and then you know maybe okay. what might be ahead for Universal Music Day 2015. Right. So we had the children with the Itsy Bitsy Spider, the folk <laughs> concert Saturday, a performance and art. Um, Tranquil Shores brought all kinds of artwork, and the children were able to do art at the event as well. And then later that day, this was really wonderful, the St. Pete Art Walk got together, and about 15 or 20 of the galleries had live music, and they had some art art materials depicting music. And I was just really thrilled about that. So it was a very diverse kind of thing. And each year it is, you know, whatever people want to contribute, how people want to jump on board, that's kind of the way it's happened. Now, I know that many people think, well, you've got to plan this out and you've got to have the schedule and whatever. But, you know, according to my energy, according to the people that are involved that year, it just kind of evolves naturally. Yeah, because one thought that just popped into my head as you said that is when you mentioned a certain number of galleries where there was live music i'm thinking of the person that's listening to this podcast who's nearby let's just say perhaps oh i'll pick a place like lakeland and is listening to us doing this show right now and is saying oh wait a minute they had some some galleries that had live music well maybe i'm going to contact the susan golden and i'm going to ask her how can i be the one to perform at one of those galleries. Is that an option for that's, someone? That's wonderful, yeah. Um, and the only the only thing is, the, um, the 501c3 for this has been uh, dormant for a bit. I've had some challenges I needed to take care of, and that kind of went by the wayside. So we're in the process of building that up again. And then with donations, it would be wonderful that we could pay the musicians, or it's... A, in this case, this last year, the galleries paid the musicians. So it can work, you know, many different ways, depending, again, on the community support. And well, I know everybody asks for money all the time. Yeah, and, and if you'll bear with me, I just sure. want to talk to the listeners for a minute here, because for those of you, you know, first and foremost, always, always, I, I thank everyone who listens to the show. That This particular episode, all the episodes... The over, whatever number of episodes you listen to, thank you, and, and I really hope that, that you enjoy this and that you continue to listen, and then, of course, that you tell all kinds of friends. Uh, but, you know, if, if you wonder why all of a sudden, two weeks in a row, we have on what appear to be uh, music festival guests, in fact, Susan is here to set the record straight and say the, the, the festival that's connected to Universal Music Day is in no way, shape, or form like the Gasparilla Music Festival. Right. And at the same time, as I said to Ty Rodriguez last week, I did challenge myself as the producer and the host of this show that as entertaining and educational as I feel all the performer guests are week after week, that's why we have broken it up once in a while and had on Dominic Pages to talk about being here in the studio environment, or June McHugh talking about the publishing aspect of the business, or Bruce Barker who talked about the radio aspect of the business. So last week with Ty, we really delved deeply into musical acts getting booked to play at a traditional music festival, whereas here's Susan saying, look, you know, we're trying to get our 501c3 status in shape 
And maybe we could pay people when the day comes, but we don't do that. And you're free to kind of create yourself. And that's entirely different. So we're trying to show you that no two festivals are created equal and and that you do have to recognize, especially those of you that are up and coming performers, you know, that every organization is different. I mean, Ty sat there and said that he is the only paid employee of that festival, yet it's still this massive two-day event. So know what you're getting into before you start flooding Susan, you know, with CDs or MP3s or whatever, because if you don't know what the parameters are, then you're going to look, uh, dare I say unprofessional, but but disorganized um, because you didn't do your research. So Susan, thank you for, for bearing with me on that. And I do want to give you the opportunity now to go back because you just talked about the music day, uh, Universal Music Day that just happened. But I, I do want to no, I mean it may be premature, but for 2015, is there anything well, that can I just follow up with that? Sure, one sure, second? sure. Always. I mean, I have to say that I really feel quite out of integrity by not paying the musicians, not being in a position to do that, and yet I feel that this is important enough that we all need to pull together and make it happen. But my goal really is to honor the musicians and pay them well. They deserve it. And I don't like setting the the bar so low that everybody else thinks they don't have to pay them either. Mm-hmm. No, we really need to pay the musicians. Mm-hmm. And I would love your support so I can do that as well. Very good. Very so, good. yeah, for 2015, we are going to continue and have this develop and um, unfold over this year. And when I was in um, Miami at the invitation of Oprah, and I have no idea how I got that invitation, um, I was quite thrilled and honored and, and, you know, it was like, what? Oh, right. Fantastic. So um, at the end, she said, okay, everybody, dream big. So my big dream, and I hope you're listening, Oprah, is that she will bring her show to Tropicana Field in 2016. And for that, we would even change the day, change the name, whatever we would have to do to work in coordination with her and have this event either before or after. So um, we support what they're already doing, and they don't need our support, but we would certainly love their support. Uh, Let's let's hold on, on, on the Oprah uh, talk for a okay. moment while, while I do a reset because I do want to stay on that. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today here in the studio is Susan Golden, the founder of Universal Music Day. Visit www.universalmusicday.com, and there are loads of social media links there too. So engage with them on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and even LinkedIn. And as I mentioned before, uh, Susan put out a book called ABZs of Musical Instruments. And that is available through www.familymusicnetwork.net. So do look for and purchase that book online. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That is spelled H-E-A-R. And sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free. And it makes it very easy to get the show every week. It just downloads automatically when a new episode comes out. You don't even have to go looking for it. Feel free to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And please, I really would love to hear your feedback about the podcast. 
including even some questions you would like for me to ask to guests on future episodes. Post all of that on the Facebook page that I just mentioned, or send an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. So just continuing on that, you said, and I'm quoting, she said, dream big. She was Oprah herself. This event that you were at in Miami, yes, Oprah herself was there. Right, and she was saying that to me personally, along with 20,000 other people. So <laughs> I'm sure there are going to be a lot of big dreams out there, and I'm sure a lot of people are pulling for her to come to their city as well. But St. Pete is so unique and special, and the Tampa Bay area is just amazing. Was this event in Miami at the American Airlines Arena, I'm That's guessing? That's where it was. They okay. had 20,000 people, and we can hold 35. So if you're listening, Oprah... <laughs> and and what was the event? She has a special workshop uh Living the Life You Want, I believe, is the title. And she spoke Friday night, and then she had a panel of people on Saturday with Deepak Chopra, um, Liz Gilbert of Eat, Pray, Love. She had Bob Bell, who I hadn't heard of, but he started his own church, and he's got thousands of followers, millions maybe, I'm not sure, and is a wonderful speaker. And then she had a very inspirational young woman that, danced on Dancing with the Stars, who had some rare disease, and as they were wheeling her into an operating room, and I'm sorry, I forgot her name, to tell her, and and told her, well, we have to take both of your legs. She was a snowboarder, and in that moment, she said, I am going to snowboard again, and I'm going to make it happen. And she's designed all these different feet, and she needed different feet on every dance in in that special dance because you move your feet in a different way now this is something we don't think about right you just move your feet but she is i guess an engineer and she created a snowboard leg so that she can be in the board right and this i mean you know it's like okay any of our little petty grievances like get over it you know (laughs) and she was at this this event in miami yes um so you said that you don't know how you got invited to it, but how did you logistically get invited to it? A telephone call, an email, a letter an, in the U.S. mail, an email, an email. Okay. Um, well, you know, we're, we're as I, and I as I promised listeners in the introduction at the start of the show. That's usually when introductions happen. Uh, is that <laughs> we were going to cover a lot of ground. So, so next is I had mentioned in the intro. I had mentioned the Hope Whisperer, mm. which you tag with. From Hope to Possibilities to Action to Creation. Explain what that project is all about. Correct. Well, I had a very viable practice in Maryland years ago as a therapist. And um, then I did some other kind of training, and I found it so superior as far as people transforming their lives and having tools to live a life that they love, that I felt out of integrity to continue with my therapy practice. And I'm probably going to get some flack over that. But um, recently, I've met John Conley of Rapid RRT, Rapid Resolution Therapy, and they work a lot with sexual abuse people and traumatized in other ways. And his process can really help people transform their lives and let go of the the pain and the um, drama and whatever around traumatic incidents. And so it's inspired me to want to have my coaching practice again. And 
um, Zig Ziglar offered hope to people, and that's like a baby step. That's a first step of getting out of the muck of our lives. But if you just stay in hope, that's kind of a fantasy land. So you have to move to creating your possibility, what it is you want in your life, and get really clear about what would light you up. And then from that place, you go into action. And from the action, then you go into creation. And so I'm really excited about that. It's the first thing since 97 that I really feel meshes well with all the tools that I have. From my training as a therapist at Lyrian Psychology, which is wonderful. I do love that. And then um, the other training, and I don't have permission to even say them on the on the air because they do everything by um, by one you know incur- inviting your friends and neighbors and family mm-hmm. um, so they don't advertise so I guess I shouldn't and then the RRT which I've done started the training program and it's fabulous. Well, you know we've we've covered so so much throughout the show. You know we've talked about Universal Music Day. We've talked about uh, the, this event that you went to. Um, that that Oprah was at, uh, you know, the material that that you just finished covering under the uh, umbrella of the Hope Whisperer. I talked about ABZs of musical instruments. And in fact, uh, you and I met at a recent Florida Podcasters Association meeting. Is there a podcast in your future, meaning as the host instead of as the guest? Well, I have a name, and the name is goldenminutespodcast.com. There's no website yet. I haven't started it. And boy, this setup that you have here is fabulous. <laughs> I'm just green with envy. And um, at, at some point that may, you know, that's my goal too, because I think that I've had an extraordinary life. And I've been very, very blessed and would love to to speak to other people and encourage them to create the life that they love and go for their dreams and be willing to pay the price that it takes sometimes and to realize that, you know, I had a fantasy a long time ago that if I was doing the right thing, everything would be great. Well, you know what? It is great. And there are so many bumps in the road and challenges that open you up further and it's your cutting edge. And if you don't have that, that, Um, opportunity to expand, you're not going to grow and you're not going to continue to create the life that you love. So it's just all part of the human experience. Well, you know, I would like to encourage the listeners because it doesn't necessarily mean that you're listening to this episode the day that it became available. You may be listening to it a week later, a month later, six months later. So perhaps the website may be functional by that point. I think you said it was goldenminutes.com. Right. And the idea for that, if I may say so, Bruce, is that it only takes two minutes a day to go from our darkest day in December until the longest day of the year in June. And what can people do, even for two minutes a day or ten minutes a day, wow. that will really enrich their lives six months concept. from now? Great concept. And I believe that the Hope Whisperer will will also have a website, does not yet, but will. If you, yes. if you want to go ahead and give out that yes. domain just so people can make a note of sure. it. Sure. com and goldenminutespodcast.com. Okay. Well, uh, we are out of time, but but in closing, Susan, is is there any inspiration, perhaps, that you would like to leave the listeners with? You know, it all starts with the breath, 
and just breathe and breathe deeply. And when people say breathe deep and they say, well, take a deep breath. No, first you want to blow out all the stale air and get that out of there. And then it's only natural that you go and breathe deeply. So you just... And that was a little bit exaggerated, but that, but not necessarily. And just breathe and hum and sing and make music and tap the pencils on the side of the table and all the annoying little things that you did at the dinner table when you were a kid. And invite your children to do that too. It'll take you know it'll take that edge off of, of preparing dinner. <laughs> Well, Susan, thank you ever so much uh, for coming across the bridge from St. Pete and, and being here at, at this great studio uh, today. I, I very much enjoyed having you on the show. Oh, well, I have loved meeting you and enjoyed this program and enjoyed this atmosphere. It's just fabulous when you talk about vibrations and energy. Oh, my goodness. It's just such a joy to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. I will close by formally thanking my guest, Susan Golden, the founder of Universal Music Day. As I've said already, visit www.universalmusicday.com and also take note of the many social media links there too. So you can engage with them uh, on either Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and or even LinkedIn. And of course, Susan's book, ABZs of Musical Instruments, is available from www.familymusicnetwork.net, and that is for children from 3 to 113 years young. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. That's it, just one field to complete. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Hey, give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, uh, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you're listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud, which is just like subscribing. As I mentioned before, let's get your feedback on the show too. Post your comments or questions that you would like asked on future episodes on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nowhearthis.biz. Or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in crystal blue. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week here on another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. (laughs) 